Live from New York, it's First Things First, and this is our last show for the week, except for Broussard, who has already taken the week off. (laughs) So Greg is here. Welcome, Greg. Back-to-back shows. On today's show, do the New York Jets deserve to be Super Bowl contenders or even more interesting, are they Super Bowl bound? Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey voted the top tight end in the league, but not unanimously. Oh, Where's the board? The board's behind you. Okay, good. We might need it. We might need it. And finally, the Prince did it last year. And Greg has a list of who will go from worst to first this year. Alongside Greg Jennings, I'm Kevin Wilds. Nick, yeah, excited for the Prince. Well, I'm excited for he obviously is ineligible. Well, we still have because he was first place already. But I'm very. There is a team that I think has a really good chance of doing this, and I'm curious where they land on Greg's list. Mm. So I'm excited for that. That's a that's a great tease. It's an hour from now. We start with the Jets' expectations. Quinn and Williams. Agreed to a four-year, $96 million extension yesterday, continuing an active offseason and exciting a fan base thirsty for success. Here are the Super Bowl odds. The Chiefs, number one, of course. And it's the Eagles, who they already beat. The Bills, 49ers, Bengals. Sneaky good Cowboys. And then the Jets. So, Greg, do the Jets deserve to be considered Super Bowl contenders? So, here's the reality. Okay. I'm going to say yes because they have Aaron Rodgers. And every year that he was playing in Green Bay, what did we believe that they had an opportunity opportunity to do for the most part? Contend for a Super Bowl. However, the one caveat, they were in the NFC. Yeah. And when you look at the landscape of the NFC NFC versus the AFC, Mm -hmm. the road – to get to that mountaintop is a lot more challenging in the AFC. And so that's where I'm like, look, if you're just saying because you got Aaron Rodgers and he's going to give you three, four more wins and you're going to get in the playoffs, then you, you got a shot to win a couple playoff games and get there. However, the reality of it is you got two other teams in your division that you got you to gotta be Overtake. better than. Yep. Like, the Bills were number one. Then you had the Dolphins. These teams aren't just automatically getting worse. Yeah. Like the, I, the reason why yeah. I'm not mentioning your Patriots, Patriots is because they what? jumped past them. The, exactly. Yeah, and they don't even what? know who their quarterback is. Yeah. And at any rate, when you, yeah. look at, when you look at this team, are they exciting? Yes. Do they have a lot of potential? Of yep. course. But if we're going based off potential, there's a lot of teams that feel like we got a shot. And so when you look at the Jets and the teams that are on this list, you, in the AFC in particular, the Bengals are definitely ahead of them. Mm-hmm. The teams in their division, in my opinion, right now as it stands, if you take away just what they are on paper, they're, they're third in their division. Yes. They're above your team yes, in New England. To, that is it. No, well, according to Vegas, they're second in the division. But Greg's saying oh, you would right. have the Dolphins ahead of them as well. Correct. I, so I understand the rationale for the Jets being – you know, kind of tier two contenders, right beneath. There's the tier of the Chiefs. They should be by themselves, but put the Eagles right sure. there with them, the Bengals and mm-hmm. th- those teams. The Jets right there in that next group is a very simple one. They were 7-10 and 10 with the worst quarterback crew in football. They had the 31st, the 32nd, and the 33rd ranked quarterbacks in the entire league last year, and now you have Aaron Rodgers. My reason for skepticism, though, is because why were they able to get those seven wins? Top four scoring defense, top four yardage defense. I think the defense should be good again. Mm -hmm. 
But we see year after year in this league that defense fluctuates year to year far more than offense does because so much of how great your defense is is those splash plays, turnover luck, things that can change on a week-to-week basis. The best offenses year to year are pretty consistent Mm -hmm. because it's usually – the best quarterbacks have the best offenses. Defense is not that. And I think the de- the division got far tougher. I think Miami potentially takes a massive leap with the addition of Ramsey, the addition of Vic Fangio, and obviously they're contingent on Tua staying healthy. And then there is the Rodgers factor, which is how much of last year's struggles – Are we putting on the thumb injury? How much are we putting on the age? How much are we putting on it that he is a deteriorating player? I know he was hurt, but that did not seem to be a major affect for him late in the season until it was a win-and-you're-in game, and once again, he struggled. So I don't look at the Jets as true Super Bowl contenders. I look at them as playoff contenders, but I don't look at them as Super Bowl contenders at all. So here's what I think about Aaron Rodgers, Greg, and you tell me if this is unfair or just the facts. I have an issue with Jared Goff, for example. Jared Goff played well, but people won't necessarily give him his flowers because he struggled in the past. Mm -hmm. I think it's unfair. I also think it's unfair for Aaron Rodgers, who's had two great years but struggled last year, that we think all of a sudden we're going to snap our fingers, he's on the Jets, and he's going to be great again. So here are some numbers. He went from touchdowns-wise 48-37 to 26 last year. He had 12 interceptions last year. In the previous three years combined, he had 13. His longest touchdown was 58 yards, which sounds good, but the rest of his career was in 70s, 80s. He had one 90. And you might think, well, he had his thumb was hurt. He wasn't throwing the ball far down the yep. field. Until you see this tweet from Warren Sharp which he was actually throwing it down the field more than anybody. Attempted 40 passes, 30 yards downfield. He completed just six. Six of 40, four interceptions, only two TDs. As a result, the Packers ranked 30th in EPA per attempt, 29 in success, yards per attempt on deeper passes. Zach Wilson also had six, but only 16 attempts. So if the thumb was hurt, it wasn't necessarily affecting how far he could throw. He averaged 217 yards a game, two yards less than Carson Wentz, who lost his job. And... Just the circumstances of it, Aaron Rodgers lost his job. The organization looked around and said, you know what, we're ready to move on. If he was the MVP caliber guy, I would think they would try to keep him onto him. It reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson, where you, we're kind of done with you. We've seen a lot more than the people on TV have seen. We're ready to move on. So I just feel like the Jets hype is too much because we've got a lot of reputation and not necessarily the results that we saw last year. Is that fair? Or unfair, even though it was just all factual. I thought it was really good. I I think it's really good as well. However, what I would say to that is the reason, a lot of what I would deem to be the reason why the Packers struggled is because Aaron Rodgers wasn't completely invested in that team and that organization going into last year. And And the reason what, because of relationship, because of how he felt they viewed him and how they, he wanted them to view him moving forward. Having said that, he made the decision not to participate in allowing those young guys who were going to play key, key roles into whether or not the Packers were successful. Mm-hmm. He didn't allow them an opportunity to truly develop. What you see now with the Jets is why I still give them a chance 
and know that he's going to be better than those numbers that you said, the touchdowns obviously taking a dip and all those things, because he's been all in since becoming a Jet. He's been at everything that they've asked him to be at, even more possibly. He's he's been with receivers. He's understand that he's spending time with them on the field, off the field. It matters when you're trying to chase a Super Bowl ring, especially in this conference. So I, I think that's all very legit. There's the, there's the other element of it, which is let's just say the Jets shock everyone at this table and get off to a great start. Because I heard you this morning talking about how they could start potentially 2-4, and 1-5. and five. The, the, Their opening six games of their schedule are brutal. I know you think that they could start 0-4 and, and the, you know, the, you know, the sky's falling, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say they go 13-4. and four. They win the division. They are, everything goes as well as anyone could have expected it. There is still the yeah but of how is Aaron going to look in the postseason, even if they get through all of this. And something, so Aaron has an 11 and 10 postseason record, that's well documented. What I don't think has been discussed enough is the how, in how many of those games has his team supposed to have had the massive edge at quarterback? And lost anyways. So since they won the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. that was a decade plus ago, here is the full list of quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers has beaten in the playoffs. Joe Webb, Tony Romo, who's an underrated player, Kirk Cousins with Washington, Eli in his final run in 2016 season, rookie Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, probably future Hall of Famer, very good player, and Jared Goff with the Rams. Here are the quarterbacks he has lost to. Since winning that Super Bowl, Eli capped twice Russell Wilson in that famous NFC championship game, Carson Palmer, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, and Jimmy Garoppolo twice. The point I'm making is this Rodgers hasn't what like faced a quarterback of his close to his equal and beaten him in the postseason since the Super Bowl against Big Ben. And in the AFC playoffs, even if you're 13 and 4, Every you are playing Burrow or you are playing Herbert or you are playing the Prince or you are playing Allen just to get the opportunity yep. to play Patrick. And so I just I think that for the Jets, there's a lot of ways this can go wrong. And it is very difficult for me to see the scenario of it going right the way they're selling it. And the way they're selling it is would add another trophy to the trophy case. Yeah, we're in Iraq. Which it was... Double the number. Yeah, I think that set the expectations probably a touch too high. Here are the odds in the AFC. Bills still number one. Jets coming in at number two. Then the Dolphins. Yeah. And then... And then the disrespected dynasty, the New England Patriots, which I like to be at. You know what? Chip on your shoulder. Yeah, like Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just like it. Yeah, you didn't believe in us? Exact same Watch thing. Watch this. Yeah. Uh, Nick, how do you expect this to actually play out? Okay, so I let's just go through each of the four teams, Greg, and I'll, get, I'll do a best case, worst case, yeah. and most likely case. We, we'll just start with the Patriots. Okay. The Patriots' best case, I think, is a winning season, 11-6, and six, oh. win a game in the playoffs. I'm I okay. think that is their best case scenario. I'm okay with that. That, you know what, Mac gets back to his rookie form. The defense is awesome. You win an ugly 17-14 playoff game. Worst case, disaster season. Matt gets benched halfway through, and after the year, Belichick gets fired. 
that most would, likely that would be bad. I mean, well, but that's I mean, again, I, I'm trying to do a realistic yeah, best yeah, case and realistic worst case. Most likely, nah, nah, nah. It's just like the so before I get to the other teams, you guys can you know t- I think you know right now my pick obviously it would be the most likely outcome. Um, I think they're around 500 all year and not good enough to make the playoffs. But I think their ceiling is a pretty good team, and their floor is, oh, this went real south real quick. So I can be quick because I know you got a lot to say. No, I don't For me, it, it's the most likely. Like, this is a team that they're going to win games that they probably shouldn't win. They're going to lose games that they probably should win. Yeah. But they're, they will be well coached. They just don't have the personnel. Have enough juice on offense. Yeah, yeah I disagree. Okay. Okay. That's it. The, the, well, I just think, you know, I, 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 honestly, I know we make a lot of jokes about DeAndre Hopkins. This does, would this change if DeAndre Hopkins shows up? We no. need, okay, that's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I, I, go it's, ahead. I'm sorry. Here's why. If you're going to add a true number one receiver, you've got to think that everyone else gets a little bit better, and Mac Jones has an actual deep target. Yep. I would assume that would get us a few wins. Well, listen, Maybe two wins off. DeAndre of Hopkins is not worth two wins. Like, I, I like DeAndre. He is, I mean, let me put it like this. You think I'm being dismissive. I promise you, if they sign DeAndre Hopkins, their Vegas win total doesn't move by a half win, much well, less that's two. that's why I- all right, so the do the some money we can this. do the that's fine. We can do the Jets now. The Jets, Go. I think their best case is twelve and five and make the AFC Championship game. I don't think Rodgers is going to do the Brady Stafford thing, get to a team taking the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Their worst case is their same record as last year. Rodgers walks and they owe the the Packers a first round pick. I think most likely is they finish. 10 and 7. They're three games better, which is about probably what Rodgers worth over the worst quarterbacking. And they're a wild card team that has no real playoff juice. That's how that's how I see the Jets falling. It sounds like I think we agree on yeah, that. I'm, I'm 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 very similar. Like when you look at their their the start of their season, their first six games, that is their gauntlet. If they have a hard time, which I believe they're going to struggle, because you it'll be their first test going out against the Buffalo Bills, who have played together. And so for me, I think they're around 10, 11 wins, which. It may get you into postseason. Yep. It may not get you into the postseason. Most likely it will. And if anything can happen once you get in. Yeah, just before we move on, if the Jets start really poorly, I don't know if we have their schedule back up. If they start really poorly, because last year the Packers started poorly, mm-hmm. but it felt like there was a built-in institutional trust in Aaron Rodgers. So he could, again, say, hey, relax, be patient. It's all our control. I don't think there is that institutional trust with New York. Could you see this, this, let's call it a little bit of negativity uh, and belief in Aaron Rodgers seeping in post by? Oh man, we got now we got to play the other New York team. We lost that. Could you see it kind of get spiraling out of control? I, I don't see it spiraling out of control. I, I, those first six weeks will will really set the tone for the rest of their season. However, I believe they can they can go one in five in those first six weeks, beating your lonely They're not beating. New England Greg, Patriots. they have not beaten us. I understand. I understand all of that. Well, but when you look at the rest of the teams on that list, the odds of them beating them are... Well, the Broncos. Even- well, you like the Broncos. I like the Broncos. I do, but the, the Broncos would be the next bet. But the, I do think if they start poor... I think there's going to be a decent honeymoon period, and I do think New York football fans are smart and under, will understand how soft the end of the season schedule is. But if it Ooh. starts poorly, that game against the Giants off the bye, 
becomes a critical moment of their season. Yeah. Where they can be like, all right, we start fresh, get, get a win there. You also have the Raiders a couple weeks later. All right, mm-hmm. I am going to show you next the team with the second highest ceiling in the division, which I believe is the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills, their best case is another awesome regular season. They're 13-4. and four. Josh Allen gets his third consecutive media MVP, but his first actual MVP, mm-hmm. and they make the Super Bowl. Now, they're the Bills, so I don't think they're allowed to win it, but they make the Super Bowl. Their worst case is this thing goes sideways on them. They have too much talent to have a truly awful season, but 9-8, and eight, like you were saying with the Jets, you could miss the playoffs. The most likely is it's very similar to what they've been the last couple years. A good team that is not good enough come the second round of the postseason, and that's how I see it going. I The, the worst case is, I'm not trying to be too negative, but it is the most interesting just in the regards of they have this offseason drama. Leslie Frazier has walked yes. away. Sean McDermott's taken on more of responsibility, and because of how Allen finished the year, mm-hmm. I think there is m- minor concerns of how is he going to look this season another year removed from Brian Dable. What's that going to look like? If they struggle, I think there'll be concerns there. But I think the Bills will be a pretty good team, probably the division winner, but not one of the top teams in the AFC. Yeah, I think we we all would agree to that. Probably not you, yeah. Wilds, no, because you believe Bills. in your, yeah, your Patriots. Be. But <laughs> you got to believe that, again, Josh Allen, the best quarterback still in that division, I get it. Aaron Rodgers has done a whole lot. I believe in him. I know he can bring a lot to the table. But the drama that has been looming over the Bills, it is real. When your head coach talks about it and says, I'm concerned, it is something real. Losing Leslie Frazier, you hope that it doesn't hurt, but it changes the continuity. It changes the trust factor. And it adds more to Sean McDermott's plate. Exactly. Because the head coach now the defensive coordinator. You can't delegate to somebody that you know is going to get it done. That's exactly right. And now, Can I give you one real quick question? Sometimes this comes up in the comments when we're bashing on the Bills. Aaron Rodgers had like a quiet injury that he kind of didn't talk about, Mm -hmm. and then it it was rose to the surface. Like, no, 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 it was the thumb. That's why the number was so bad. Josh Allen was hurt, too. Yeah. Didn't this talk about it, but yeah. it feels like we don't talk about it enough and why his numbers dipped and just his overall Well, success. to me, there's two reasons for, the, for, for that. One is, uh, Josh Allen, a lot of the errors were mental mistakes. It was not, oh, my elbow's hurt so I can't make the throw. It is, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And so I should say one reason for that and another reason for my skepticism. They have been very public that they are now going to try to convince Josh finally to stop running so much and putting himself in jeopardy. That's going to hurt that, the offense. But that's my I, – I think that is smart – but there is a cost there. That is when the Bills are the most terrifying is when Josh Allen drops back to pass and then you're like, oh, my God, it's third and eight. He's just going to run for 25 yards. And he is their best part of their running game. So if they effectively remove that, yes, I think he'll be healthier, but I don't think he's as effective of a player. And I will add quickly, not only were they mental mistakes, but those mistakes were happening prior to the injury. Yeah. So it's like there was no way we could say, oh, that was due mm-hmm. to him getting injured. I mean, injured. before he got hurt, I'm pretty sure they lost a game when he couldn't take a kneel down, and they ended up, you know, fumbling. Okay, go, go to the – All right, and now last, the Miami Dolphins. I think the best case for the Dolphins is they win the Super Bowl. Yikes. The Dolphins last year, man, they're – listen, I am a not a full-fledged Tua believer the way a lot of people, some of our colleagues on the network are. But I have to be fair. When he was healthy – 
That offense was humming. Yes, it was. That, that, that Mike McDaniel, as a rookie head coach on the road in the playoffs with a third-string quarterback, played the Bills to the final seconds of that game with Skylar Thompson. They bring in Jalen Ramsey. They bring in uh, uh, Vic Fangio. Pardon mm-hmm. me. There is a path for that team to be fantastic and terrifying. There, there just is. Mm-hmm. Their worst case is what we all know could happen, which is unfortunately Tua gets, you know, suffers another injury or gets knocked around, and they it falls apart on them the way it did after he got hurt. The most likely to me is that they have a better season than last year, even if the record looks similar. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the Dolphins are a not really a dark horse because people it's not like no one's talking about them but the healthy Miami Dolphins should be a scary team they should be and I think a lot of people have dismissed the Dolphins and what they did last season even with Tua getting hurt yep. because of Aaron Rodgers arrival in New York yep. like and, and you can't just do that this doesn't mean that this team is just going to take a step back I like the Dolphins I think they they have an opportunity to win this division yep. they gave Buffalo a run for their money in last season's run for the division yep. so I like the Dolphins to a healthy that's to a, a problem. healthy it's a scary team man and McDaniel's excellent and Tyreek was phenomenal last year that's a scary team so here's the problem as we've gone through this yeah. I'm very confident in the Patriots but we can't beat the Bills. The Bills pushed us around for a yeah. while. Also can't beat the Dolphins. No, the Jets are the only Four team you can beat. That's why you're so anti-Jets. And once I do the math. <laughs> once you do the math, you're in trouble. Huh. Has, has Belichick Turns ever out. beaten Tua? No. Never He's beaten Tua. Four, and Josh Allen keeps kicking your teeth in yeah. except for games played in a windstorm. So we need a windstorm. We need a blizzard. we got to beat the Jets. Yeah. And even yeah. then. Yeah, it's not great. Huh. Tank. Tank and go get, get out Caleb. of town. Caleb. Go get oh, Caleb. You know, friend of the, the show. show. Yeah. Friend of the show. Absolutely. Is Kelsey already goated? That's well, he next. is goated, but that's a different question. Oh, is he next. the goat tight end? Well, I, you know, oh. I use it Sorry, like do you goated. Think? Do you think? It's next on FS1 in the Fox Sports Radio app on Sirius XM. That's your satellite radio. Hey, college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to the new Joel Clatcho YouTube channel. Welcome back to just an electric July show. An NFL poll of league executives, coaches, scouts, and players, quote, has Travis Kelsey as the league's best tight end. That's good news. Jeremy Fowler writing, from 2020 to 2022, the voting for the best tight end was incredibly close. It was Kelsey was the Ferrari Route runner with plenty of tread on the tires. Kittle was the off-road Hummer with hybrid sensibilities. This year's voting, not at all close. Marking a rare style of victory for this exercise. A 33-year-old at a skill position dominating the process. Nick, you must be thrilled. Well, I mean, you left out the key piece of information there. Yes, of course, Travis Kelsey won the poll. 
I assume they wouldn't have published it if they hadn't because they would have assumed there was some type of voter fraud or something going on. However, uh, wait, John, go back to what it said before there mm -hmm. on the screen if we could because the key information there is it said 80%. Yeah. And I, I, dug, I dug into the metadata, the raw vote, as they say. Hey, there were 80 voters, and he got 80% of the first place votes. That means 16 voters said, who's the best tight end in football? And didn't answer Travis Kelsey. I mean, Dallas Goddard got a first place vote. Obviously, Kittle got some. I think there was one voter that had, and I like the guy, Kyle Pitts ranked ahead of Kelsey. Not. And one voter had him third. So you know what that unfortunately means, Wilds? And we got to put something on the board. Bring out the board. Dustin's the actually board. running the show. So Josh, Josh. Josh might be making his on-screen debut. I didn't even know you still worked here. Josh, bring out the board if you will. I think Josh is hiding behind the yes, board. Josh is. is like the man in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. doesn't want people to see it. So, Greg, you might not be familiar with the, the full board. bulletin board. I can gather So, this is Jamar that. Chase because he, once upon a time, said Pat who when asked about Patrick Mahomes. This is my friend, Orlando Brown, who talked about how Joe Burrow's drops are better than Patrick That's Mahomes. Seven and a half, twelve and a half. That one. This is Brandon Graham saying the Chiefs got blessed because of the field. And that's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's not even an eagle any longer, saying that uh, the defensive line would smash the offensive line. We now have to put Travis Kelsey on the board, which wow. is kind of weird because <laughs> he is on the Chiefs. Uh, so we put him on the board, and we then also add the 80% number for yeah. context to the board. Because let's be honest, Greg, this is disrespectful. Anyone arguing he's not the best tight end in football is given the Chiefs bulletin board material. I know you find me obnoxious, but you must admit I am correct on this. You are 100% correct on this. I, I would say what's interesting, I didn't go as deep into – Dive into the metadata? I didn't go into okay. the metadata like you did. But yeah. I thought to myself, if there were another tight end that I would even give a nod in agreement, pending how you were viewing it, that would be Mark Andrews – or George Kittle because of what they mean to their team. Not at all because I believe that they are better than Travis Kelsey, but they mean so much more to their team than any other tight end, not named Travis Kelsey, yep. that I can't give you just a list of good tight ends because you got Darren Wall, you got Kyle Pitts, you got obviously all these other tight ends that are good. TJ Hawkinson made a splash with the Minnesota Vikings. I think he's going to be great. That yep. doesn't mean he's the best tight end. But if you told me a couple people said – Man, what Mark Andrews means to that offense with Lamar Jackson, that quarterback, I'll give you that. But you said 16. 16? 16 people, including one person out of the I'm with you. Yeah, we got yeah. to add on the board. board. It deserves it's to be on, on the board. board. Thank you. I would say at this point we've got two real things on the board. Maybe, maybe three what real do you mean? things on the board. The what Pat who was obviously a real thing. That's a real yeah. thing. Mahomes was. And by the way, people on that, just note real quick, people said, what did you want him to say? Dallas Goddard, to his credit, was asked just the other day, I think on Pardon My Take, who's the best quarterback in football? And he said, he had first said Jalen, and then he stopped and he goes, well, he's definitely top two. Yes, and top, then, two, top three. two, top two, and then threw Patrick in there. So there is a way to do it and I still think love Travis your guy. will be upset by this. Not by the board, but I think this is legit bulletin board material. Yeah, that uh, one in five people, one in five people doesn't think he's the best in the league. Wow, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. All right, here's Travis's all time. Uh, ranks for tight end, and we talk about can he get to GOAT status. Yeah. You know, he's only number one in uh, yards per game receptions. A lot of the rest is just counting stats, which I'm not a huge fan of. But, Nick, if you want to make him GOAT, do you think he needs to climb the ranks? He's a, listen, I think he's already the greatest tight end ever. Hmm. 
And the one who's ahead in all the counting stats is another Chiefs legend in Tony Gonzalez. And I love Tony. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to all those games when he was a Chief before he left for the Falcons. And he was very good with the Falcons as well. Mm-hmm. And he's a colleague, and I, and I have nothing but respect for him. Travis Kelsey's better tight end than Tony Gonzalez. It, to me, that is undeniable. Now, Tony did it far longer, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. But to me, the debate is not between Travis and Tony. And again, I'm not trying to disrespect Tony. It's between Travis and Gronk. Those are the two best. They both have did it long enough to qualify, and their peaks are the highest. Mm-hmm. I think he's already better than Gronk. Oh. And if the counting stats are what we care about, we can show you the careers, and we can look at it. Mm-hmm. So he's got him in yards. Gronk obviously has him by 23 touchdowns. He is almost double. Can we go back to that if that's possible? There we go. He's almost doubled up his 1,000-yard seasons. The postseason yards... Kelsey has him by a bit and touchdowns by a bit, but obviously Travis is going to keep building on that. But the postseason stuff is what I want to focus on because this is Kelsey's playoff numbers, not amongst tight ends, amongst all players. Can we show it, please? Kelsey's all-time playoff numbers. It's Jerry Rice and him, 1-2 in everything, and he's actually number one in yards per game. You can make the argument that he is the second greatest postseason receiver mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. And so Who's in one third, do you know? Third all time in reception, a lot of those categories? Reception yards. Yeah. You know? uh, Gronk. Right. Oh, I thought it was for all I thought it was the I, I'm outside, pretty, outside of tight ends, I thought you were Oh, is it Julian Edelman yeah, in oh, receptions? Yeah. In yards, I think it's Gronk or oh. touchdowns, whatever. But yeah, Julian <laughs> Edelman. Sorry, I forgot we used to do that bit. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't even thinking. Look, about it, for ahead. me, it, Travis Kelsey is the goat. It, it's there's one stat that I, I don't know if we do it justice, and it's the seven one thousand yard seasons. And there's seven. Those are consecutive. Yeah. Like those are consecutive, and I know Mike Mike Evans has done something tremendous with starting his career with nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he continues that this year. We'll see. Yep. But Mike Evans is a receiver. We kind of expect receivers to be 1,000-yard leading receivers and, and lead their team every year. Travis Kelsey, like seven consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. He's a receiver. Like, but he's not. not. A ton of he, no, you can't, you can't say he, he receives the ball. He is a tight end, and we compare him and put him in the category with receivers because of how great he is. Like – what other tight end have we truly done that with? We haven't. I mean, Jimmy Graham would be the closest. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, Graham would, would be one of the closest. You make no, the my, case no, my thing on, on Gronk is, and it's not to take anything away from Travis, but there was games with Gronk and the Patriots where Belichick's like, hey, you're going to block all game. And Gronk would block all game and not even get a target, and, yeah. and we'd win the game. And I don't think that Travis is necessarily – can do that, but he doesn't need to do it. So it's kind of a weird but, So there's, I guess my, and again, I think Gronk's second greatest tight end of all time. It, and Gronk has four rings and Travis has two. But it should be noted, one of those rings, Gronk got injured midseason, didn't play in the rest of the year, didn't play in the whole playoff run, and they won the Super Bowl anyway. Mm-hmm. So as far as Super Bowls played in that they've won, it's three to two. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I don't think Gronk has that I believe Kelsey has right now, which is, take age out of it, if we're just talking about most impactful, I think Kelsey's the best skill position guy in the league. 
I think there is. I think he has more day-to-day impact than any wide receiver, running back, or tight end. And I think he's the only tight end in league history that that was true about. That you could. That last year he was as great as Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Josh Jacobs, whoever the best wide receivers and running backs were. Mm-hmm. I think the most impactful offensive non-quarterback was Travis Kelsey. I don't think that was ever true for Gronk. I think he was the I, best red zone threat in the league. I don't but know. I don't, that's, where, that's where I – You think I, he might have been as well? Gronk, if you took the years Gronk was just out – just flat out 20 ridiculous. 20 touchdowns or 18 yeah. touchdowns like, a year? You, if you took him – if you removed him from that Patriots offense – they're not the same team. Like he was as valuable. I'm not. I'm not arguing that Travis That's Kelsey fair. is more valuable. But here's the Gronk other thing. But Gronk was covered. Nobody covers Travis Kelsey. <laughs> well, he has a lot to do with. He's that. wide open all the time. Right? He has a lot. He's to do wide with open that. all the time. He has a lot to do with that. He, I know, but so does the defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> Got to cover him. Got to cover him. Just, just cover him. Man That's up. How you kept telling people to do that, and they no one listens. listens. They wouldn't listen. Man up. <laughs> hey, who's got him? Who's got Kelsey? <laughs> I would say it before every game. Someone needs to raise their hand. Greetings, soccer fans. Are you ready for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup? Because we are. That's right. Australia and New Zealand, look out. State of the Union is coming. Off the post and and we'll be going above and beyond down under. We'll have new podcast episodes every single match day. So follow Alexi Lalas's State of the Union on the Fox app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Update on the Sixers stalemate from Sam Amick of The Athletic. Amick writing that Philly is determined to keep Harden, quote, discontent be damned, which I thought would make a great album title. <laughs> While Harden is, quote, still determined to start next season in a Clippers jersey. Nick, your reaction to this stalemate? I think it's going to take a long time and might not ever happen. Not ever happen? Might not. So here's the deal. This, I, I would be shocked if Harden is moved before Dame is moved. And I don't huh. think Dame is going to be moved until August at the earliest. Because you think Dame, there's a chance that Dame could end up on the Sixers? No, I, I think they're going to let that set the market. So I think that the this is my hypothesis. I think that Dame's going to get traded to Miami sometime in August. And I think Daryl, and there will be reports of this, I'm guessing, and people will laugh and make fun of him. He'll say, okay, that's what I want for James Harden because I think James Harden's better than Damian Lillard and he doesn't have $200 million left on his contract. I'm not saying he's going to get that, and I'm not saying I believe James Harden's better than Damian Lillard, but I think that's what's going to happen. And I think that, that it is then going to drag on, and as much as Harden wants to be a Clipper, there's two questions I have. One is, how much do the Clippers – are the Clippers desperate for Harden? Are they desperate to reunite no. Harden and Russ? I don't know what they are. And even if they are, the offers Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, and some l- long-away first-round picks if they want to trade any more picks. It's not a great offer. So I think he's starting the year on Philly. I'm not saying he's ending the year on Philly, but I think he's starting the year on Philly because I don't – now, would, would, the, would the Sixers do Harden for Zach Levine? Maybe, yeah. but I don't know the Bulls would. So I don't – I don't see an easy path here, and unlike Greg in Philly, I'm sorry, in Portland, Portland wants to trade Dame. They're just trying to get the best deal possible. Philly doesn't want to trade James Harden, and Harden does seem a little, I understand that they're saying his stance hasn't changed, but the that you know, the fact that he clearly is friendly w- with the players still makes this a little easier of a situation mm-hmm. than if it was scorched earth everywhere. 
So for me, when number one, going to your Dame, I don't know, how does Dame get to Miami? That's a whole other topic. Sure. But for me, when I look at James Harden, a large part of me doesn't believe that he wants that type of pressure on him any longer in Philly. There is a lot of pressure to win in Philly when you're playing with the MVP and Joel Embiid sure. and you're in the Eastern Conference mm -hmm. and the path to getting to the NBA Finals is a lot smoother. The expectation, especially from Philly fans, is get it done. I don't know if James Harden truly wants to embrace that. I really just think he wants to play basketball in a, with a team that he can blend in, contribute, and not have to be the guy. Hmm. Where he ends up, I do not believe he will be back in Philly. I do not believe he starts the season in Philly. I believe he ends up somewhere outside of Philly just because he doesn't truly want to shoulder that load. I could see it. Uh, he's due 35.6 on a one-year deal, yeah. which I know people are like, ah, it's disrespectful, it's only one-year deal. The market, when I went through all the free agent signings, Fred got 42 and Kyrie got 40, and then he would have the third most. Yes. There's not like these big treasure no. chests of cash out there. But that's – go ahead, I'm sorry. No, that, no that's it. And then the only other th interesting thing I thought you said was, if he's got some contentious contention with Daryl at the time, I think it's funny if Daryl has to come out and be like, he's better than Dame. And then Daryl starts going on a media tour about how much <laughs> yeah. better – and then Harden's like, you know what, you're right. Man. The, you're, it's, it's not so bad. But the, the I think the L.A. thing is interesting. I said this the day mm. the report first came out, and I just want to reiterate it. James saw there was not a huge market for him. The Clippers are – wherever he goes next is the team – he needs that team to want to keep him long-term after this year. The fact that the Clippers are opening a new arena, have the richest owner in the league, and could see Paul George or Kawhi Leonard walk next offseason, I think James recognizes that, oh, if I get there, they're a team that will give me big long-term money after this next season when I'm eligible for it. So I think that's why he wants the Clippers as much as anything, because the money hadn't been there, and... I don't know if he's going to get there. Right. Coming up next, we're discussing who would win the MVP if Mahomes doesn't win the MVP. Because we all know. I mean, uh, how you know, could you, stop it. How could you bet stop on someone it. other than him? Say it. We don't want to have to add ourselves to the board. <laughs> the D block. Not you, Dustin. Mahomes in the driver's seat to win back-to-back -back MVPs. The list after that consists of Burrow, then Josh Allen, who's already on the Madden cover. Jalen Hurts fresh off a Super Bowl appearance. Justin Herbert was yet to win a playoff game. The Prince who was promised, yeah. who has led the playoffs with five interceptions. Greg, he threw four and one. Okay, half. and came back and won <laughs> well, he, the game. You know, he filled in a hole that he dug. Okay. And then Lamar with his host of new receivers. So, Greg, if Mahomes doesn't win it, who do you think would? Well, I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I mean, oh. Joe, Joe Burrow is one of those guys that you look at what he has at his disposal. You got T. Higgins, you got Lamar, Jamar Chase, two of the best guys in the league at that position. Their offense has been together for years. They can roll. We know he's going to throw the ball. And when you look at the quarterback position, they're going to have to throw the ball in order to fight off of Patrick Mahomes winning sure. his second consecutive mm -hmm. if he gets it. But there is a guy in Philly that's going to have a lot to say about all of it. Okay. And I think Jalen Hurts has a probably the easiest path to get it done because of what he provides his team. He's going to run the ball. We know he can run the ball. But he has two bona fide playmakers on the outside. And Dallas Goddard, a guy who 
somebody yeah. in, in so this world thinks in that he's the best tight end in football. But you got a, a head coach that's giving him the keys to just be great. The, you talk about some of the guys, jo, uh, Josh Allen being injured, and we don't really talk about it. We don't really talk about this guy suffering an injury last season oh, and tapering off a little bit. On the board. Like, he did. Yep, that's One true. of the reasons why he paused, they, they possibly didn't win the Super Bowl against okay. the, the Kansas City okay. Chiefs. A little jab at my guy, Nick. But Jalen Hurts, he had the potential to win it last year. Yeah. If he improves, I'm not saying that his team is going to have a better regular season. No, but he's improved every year. But I think he is going to be a much better quarterback. He's going to throw the ball a lot better. He's going to be able to beat you in the air and on the ground. That's so going to give Patrick Mahomes I don't a think that's uh, I don't think that's a, either one of those are bad takes at all. The what I would worry for Hurts is, and we see this sometimes, is, is are you held to the standard of the MVP of the league this year, or are you held to the standard of what you did last year? So for Hurts, it's going to use fourteen and one as a starter, all of that, and you know got one first place MVP vote. But that was a lot of a lot of people thought he should win it until he got hurt at the end. Mm-hmm. If they are, if the Eagles are twelve and five, and he has the same numbers, yeah. I do wonder if that's going to, even if it's not fair, if that's going to hurt his ability to win the award. Burrow, I think, is a, a really smart choice, and I think Burrow eventually will win, win one. I'm going with, and I maybe, I don't know yet, I maybe would answer this even if the non-Mahomes thing wasn't on the screen. Here we go. I think this is going to be a monster year from Trevor Lawrence. Let me give some, can I just give some. Please. Uh, some historical and contemporaneous reasons. Don't mention high school, though. I promise I won't. Okay. Trevor Lawrence's NFL comp is, of course, Peyton Manning. Number one pick, can't miss prospect. Uh, threw a boatload of interceptions his rookie year, and by his second year was already in the playoffs, winning the AFC South, and awesome. Peyton did not win league MVP in year three, but he did lead the league in yards passing and touchdown passes. Contemporaneous evidence. Guys win or come close to winning MVPs very quickly. Mahomes won it in year two. Lamar won it in year two. Wentz was going to win it in year two and then broke his leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Hurts was in year three and came in uh, came in second, I guess. Josh Allen was in year three and came in second or third. His, his monster year in 2020, the best year he's had. So that is not, it is by no means, it's like, oh, it's too early. In the NBA, that's a thing. In the NFL, it's not a thing anymore. And then there is... The reverse of what I'm saying Jalen's going to be working against. Jalen's going to be working against the team was the number one seed, was the last undefeated team, all of it. The Jags were a team that was dead on arrival at Thanksgiving, surged into the playoffs. They could win 13 games this year. If you look at their schedule, they get their division, which is the worst division in football, if we can throw it up there. They also get the NFC South, which is the worst division in the NFC. Greg, they don't have... A single time all year that you're like, oh, that's back-to-back tough games. All of their tough games yep. are sandwiched around a bye or easy games. Like they so, and they add Calvin Ridley, and it's the second year in the Doug Peterson system. And there's so many that's reasons to pick. think that he could just have a monster year, even if you don't believe in him to the level I do, that he could have a monster statistical year. In, in, in the AFC North, Burrow, 
It's going to be hard to have a gaudy record in the AFC North. It's going to be hard to have a gaudy record in the AFC East. It's not going to be hard to have a, a great record in the not AFC bad. South. Even for I all buy that. That was pretty good. I, I buy all of that. <laughs> okay. It wasn't good. Greg, can I make – he's not my pick, okay? So he's not the best non-Mahomes bet. But I want to root for him, and he's connected to one of your guys. And last year he oh, led the league with 15 interceptions even though he played 12 games. So the team wins will be there. If the interceptions came down, and maybe your guy opens up the playbook a little bit, even though his best season he was still like 500-plus yards behind Mahomes for passing yards. Dak Prescott, does he have a path? I, I, I don't see it. No path at all. I, I'm not saying there's no possible path at all. I just have a hard time seeing it because when I look at what's around him, yes, I nod my head like C.D. Lamb, bona fide mm-hmm. player. Tony. Tony Pollard's coming off an injury. Sure. I, I don't know who else is going Zeke to again? truly step <laughs> up and be that other guy. So where's where's the where's it gonna where's it gonna come from? Unless you go out there and get the uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, to be a dark horse to grab yeah, him. So here's the here's my concern for Dak MVP, and it's also kind of a concern for the Cowboys. Even though I think the Cowboys, if you the I've talked about this before, but in the NFC this year, everyone's gonna pick. It feels like either the Eagles or the Niners. If those two teams, if you're like, ah, I don't believe in them, it is hard to find a team you can believe in to make the Super Bowl. It's like, am I going with the Lions? Am I going with the Seahawks? Am I going with maybe the Dallas Cowboys? But as far as his MVP odds, Mike McCarthy giving those quotes where he was like, yeah, I don't want to lead the league in offense. I want to lead the league in winning. They, to me, I, which is, I mean, that's what he's, he was like, I love Kellen. But I was trying to like, he's he just, was like, but he's all about scoring points and gaining yards. And I'm trying to win football games. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing your guy here. I'm not, yeah, even, you I'm not even necessarily saying that's the wrong strategy. I think it's the wrong strategy, but let's just say it's the right strategy. It certainly is not the right strategy for your quarterback to be league MVP. Yeah. If you're, you're telegraphing, we're going to try to, you know, be run first, defense first, clock management team. Yeah, when, that's not going to be a ton of gaudy stats. Coming up next, Greg has another list this oh, time. Yeah. Worst to first in a segment we're calling First Things First, Worst to First. Okay. Welcome back to an exciting Friday show. We've got another list from Greg. Because last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, led by the prince who was promised, made the trip from the basement to the playoffs. In 18 of the last 20 seasons, at least one team has done it. So who will go from worst to first this year? Greg has his top four candidates in a segment we've called First Things First, Worst to First. Take it away, Greg. Yes, last year we watched a prince rise Thank from you. the dark ashes you, and Greg. come to the top, I shining you with all. his I armor. I just did all those. Yes, yeah. I know, but I was a fan. Get to the I meat, was a Greg. Fan. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to acknowledge yeah. that. Now, when we talk about this list, mm-hmm. there's four teams that I think have the opportunity to do something similar. At number four, the Cleveland Browns oh. and Deshaun. Watson. Okay. Look, I, I like the Cleveland Browns. I like the situation that, situation that they're in because of the division that they're in. This division, they kind of beat up on one another. When you look at the Cleveland Browns, 
we break the season down into six games. And those are the six games that Deshaun Watson played. If you look at these numbers, the first four games that Deshaun Watson came out with the Cleveland Browns, we got to give him a pass. And he was clearly rusty. When you look at the numbers right there, total yards per game, 200. He couldn't throw a touchdown to save his life, was turning the ball over, 69.3% passer rating. But those last two games, it started to give me a little glimpse of what may be to come. And in a division where there was one clear outright team that was just better than everybody else, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals, you obviously improved with the Ravens. But the Cleveland Browns, you got to believe if Deshaun Watson is able to get anywhere close to what he was in Houston with the talent that they're bringing in, Elijah Moore, obviously Amari Cooper, I believe he's the number one guy. I know he is. The defense that they have, they run the ball very well. They got a chance to go from worse to first. So, again, they, to be fair here, they're, so they're number four. There's they're only, number four. There's only eight available options. So, I'm not. it's not like Greg is outright picking this, but he's saying that they, they, they're on the board. My concern for the Browns, in addition to the fact I'm not sure how great of a coach Stefanski is, is very simple on I don't know how much the essentially two years out of football plus the awful off-field stuff that follows Deshaun and that he carries with him. Take any of the other facets of it aside. All of that, it wouldn't be outrageous to say he's not going to be the same guy. That the guy he was three years ago in Houston, that that player is gone. And they have no path forward other than him being awesome. And I know he was better in those last two games. I just don't know if Deshaun Watson's ever going to be awesome again. And if he's not, I don't know in that division what real chance they have. That's if, if he's not awesome, then they, they won't Yeah, I mean, he's got to be first. awesome. He's got to be awesome. At number four, I'm going to nope. take you down to the Dirty South. Oh, good. In the NFC Dirty South. And that's the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. Uh, and this one is pretty straightforward. I'm not going to give you a whole bunch of statistics. Look, they were 7-10. and 10. The team that won the division played with a 45-year-old quarterback named Tom Brady, and they were 8-9. This, this division is up for grabs. There's a lot of exciting young players in Atlanta. Hey, yeah. Ritter, Desmond Ritter, go get you a division title. That's all do I got for think, the Falcons. But I do like this young team. Do you think B. John Robinson could be the best running back in the league? Absolutely. Without Immediate, doubt. Immediately. With, immediately. With That's the, the usage rate. With how, how we saw Saquon being used with the Giants, it's going to be that on steroids, literally. Bijan, he's a better catcher out of the backfield. I believe he's an even better runner. He's a more physical runner. I love this kid. There's nothing he can't do. And you add him with Kyle Pitts and young receiving core. Why do you think they haven't unlocked Pitts? Pitts was a top That's, 10 pick as a tight end. He's he unbelievable in college. And it feels like I, the fantasy football players I know can empathize with this. I'm a big fantasy guy. But I, there would be weeks where it looked like he wasn't even part of the game plan. Like, that part I don't understand. Well, well, you look at who was quarterbacking last year with Marcus Mariota. Like, he just didn't seem like he was making him a part of what they were doing okay. offensively. I'm not putting that all on Marcus Mariota. Obviously, you got to scheme a guy who's that athletic and who gives you that many matchup situations in your favor. You got to put him in position to be successful. They'll do that this year. All right, I'm curious. To the, I think we're going to have the same number one. So I'm curious who you got. So go ahead. You think we're going to have the same we, well, number let's see one? Who you have at number two. I don't know who you have. There's only six possibilities. Well, number two, I got the Jets. 
Alden, we might. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I got the Jets at number two. And again, you know how I feel about this division. The Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins are still the better teams. But if there is a team that can jump from worst to first, well, you know they're going to jump over the Patriots. That's an easy no-brainer. Why do we know that? But can you jump over the other two teams? Well, if I have a ch- if I want a chance to do that, what do I go do? I go get one of the best quarterbacks arguably to ever play this game oh, and pair him to. with a lot of what <laughs> came over from Green Bay, which he had success with, and insert it into a Jets culture that is not accustomed Jets to winning. Culture. They got a chance. So hold on. So now if he, because he's, the Jets have been so bad, that's a plus for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? Well, we're talking worse the first like they Gosh. can go from worst to first Greg, you know that he hasn't thrown for 300 yards in over 23 games what what was that stat? you know he Aaron Rodgers has not thrown for over 300 yards in 23 games do you feel like that's just a, a coincidence or how do you about, think that's the, I guarantee he throws for over 300 yards in week one because it'll be week one you're going 20, against it'll the be 24 games now you you know how I feel about okay, the then, first you got, six then, games. then you got Dallas I think you got Dallas you got the Patriots I, you got Kansas me. City. I got them going one and five in the first six games. So, it, so it, they're going to go one and five. He's giving the teams that could go worse to first. Do you want to well, know the five teams well, that he keeps are left? On banging on the Patriots the five, unnecessarily. The, here are the so there, you only you have one pick left. I, I just do. want the audience to know who the possibilities are. The possibilities are the Texans in the yes. NFC South. No. Yes. The Bears in the NFC North. Yep. The Cards in the NFC West. Washington no, in the NFC East and the Broncos in the NFC West. I think we're going to have the same number one, Greg. I've circled mine. I'm I saw who you circled. Oh, yours. Oh, here we go. Blackout, New York City. Uh, go ahead, Greg. Who's number Can one? Can I peek and see if no, you circled I... the Broncos? Oh, this is such a bad pick. Love it. The Broncos. This is such a bad pick. Uh, look, look. Let me, let me, let me break this down okay, for you really quick. Okay, break it down. Like, the Broncos, albeit they were the worst team in the division. Yeah. But the expectations going into last season was that they could potentially contend for a Super Bowl yeah, with that, Russell Wilson yeah, and dumb. Nathaniel Hackett act mm-hmm. head coach. That didn't work out. No. Scrap it, throw it away, bring in Sean Payton. Okay. What happens automatically, you start changing some things. You understand that Russell Wilson's going to be better. He's not going to be as bad or worse as he was last season. You got to believe he's going to improve. And this team, towards the end of the season, after the firing of Nathaniel Hackett started getting together. One of the things that's been a constant when we look at this Broncos team is their defense. Their defense is really good, Nick. And I know you know that their defense is really good because stats don't lie. Third down percentage, like second. Like this defense has gotten – they improved by some of the people that they even added to the roster offensively. All you need to know if you are a Bronco fan is that you got Sean Payton and all will be well. Broncos country, let's ride. Okay, that's that's a lot. Here's the problem. Probably too much. All right, here's the problem. Unless, now granted, I've been very locked in to the NBA playoffs and free agency, now watching Wimbledon, so maybe some NFL news missed my desk. But if they did some new thing where, like, do teams, you know, the Premier League, you have relegation and promotion. Mm-hmm. Did the Chiefs get promoted out of the AFC West to some higher level? They did not. Oh, no, so did. they're did still in that. it? Okay. So here are some just some quick numbers on why no one can win the AFC West but the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has played 30 career games against the AFC West. He is 27 and 3. He has played, let me check, 11 games against the Broncos. He's 11 and 0. This is going to change. Okay, well, I mean, do you know 
how many times the Broncos, Raiders, or Chargers have beaten Patrick Mahomes in their stadium? How many times the, the a division AFC West team has been like, come down, you're going to get to see us beat Patrick? The answer is zero. There, he's 16-0 on the road he's in the division. He's 16-0 really? in road divisional games. Don't, I mean, dating back lot. to his first start of his career, his rookie year against Denver. as good as the Patriots against the Jets. <laughs> no, no it, is the, it is as good because they, they won. They beat, the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs was September of 2015. Okay? September, it was the Obama presidency. Nick. Yeah. Nick, I, I understand that I struck a chord. Well, because it was just I, I, a bad well, take. I'm not at all. I'm not at all saying that the Kansas City Chiefs' chance to go to the Super Bowl is over. No, but you, had, you said the Broncos have the best yeah. chance. But just Fist because the, the Broncos yeah. can win the division doesn't mean that the Kansas City okay. Chiefs doesn't have an opportunity to win no, the Super Bowl. No, but it wouldn't they mean the Arrowhead Invitational is canceled, which, and we know that can't That's happen. That's over. The, it, I, can I make the case – First, that the Broncos were actually worse than people think last wow. year. All right, sure. They had five wins. The first one was against Houston. The second one was a one-point victory when Jimmy G safetyed himself. Remember that one? While well, he was pressured into a safety. The, the, sure. the fourth one was against Arizona. And the last one was the Chargers' final week of the year when the Chargers, like, didn't have to play, but they were playing. And then they did beat the Prince, but as remember, that was overseas. He had a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. royal family in town. It's very <laughs> awkward playing in England for him, so it was tough. They had no good wins. Why do the Bears not make your list? If Justin Fields is a monster, that's it. The, the NFC North has no established I'm great I'm excited team. about the Bears, but after watching the Lions, I know what it takes. Like, you have a team that, like just like the Lions, I believe that they'll be that team that the Lions was last year. Mm-hmm. They, are, they have a year before they really find out how to win games. They're going to be in a lot of close games. They're not going to win more, more, than, more of those games than they'll lose those games. That's why I didn't okay. pick the Bears. So I thought the, I, the reason I was saying I thought we were going to have the same one is my top pick of those would probably be the Bears. Just because the division's soft. And if it, the Bears could be terrible, but if Fields leaps and they've now finally gotten some offensive linemen, gotten him some weapons, you saw flashes from him last year, the Bears in that division, I think, have a real shot. Okay. Coming up next, we're talking about the Ravens. Broncos country. Oh, What's up with right. that chair? I don't know. It's a What's weird up with that chair and just Russell Wilson Sparko stuff? <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Let's check in on the Ravens. Camp opens in four days. They've added Zay Flowers, OBJ, a new offensive coordinator, and $260 million to Lamar's bank account. So how are they going to do? Well, here's their odds. Eighth best Super Bowl odds. Tied for fourth to win the AFC and second-best odds in their division. So, Greg, what are your expectations for Baltimore? Look, this team, they can clearly win their division. They proved that last year with the fight that they had to put up without having a a healthy Lamar Jackson towards the end of the season and going into the postseason, trying to win a road playoff game. They almost got it done, Mm -hmm. but the Bengals' heroics Mm -hmm. didn't allow them to do that. But this is the first time Lamar Jackson will go into a season – and have real skill players around him from left to right and in, and behind him. Like, and we won't have to say that. Now, I do believe that Mark Andrews is still their best sure. option, 
and he's the, he's his safety valve. But not valve, their only option. But not their only option yep. any longer. When you go out in the draft and you go get Zay Flowers, a young kid that's going to get it done, he is explosive. He is everything you want when he gets the ball in his hands and after he gets the ball in his hands. And then you have an OBJ who can possibly get back to what we saw him as in the Super Bowl before he went down with that injury. A, a Bateman, a Rashad Bateman, a guy who's been injured. Hopefully he gets Bateman. back. I do like Rashad Bateman. Are we really going to see like, him like they explode? Have, they have depth that no one really has a lot of scouting reports about. Oh, that's interesting. That they're going to have to focus on Lamar Jackson. We know that. And Mark Andrews, we understand that in that run game. We understand that. But now you bring in an offensive coordinator that's saying, hey, Lamar, you want to throw the ball? Okay, yeah. so let's stay there for a I second. Like that. The, I'll give my take in a second. I want to ask you this. Can Lamar – is Lamar Jackson a great quarterback in a traditional offense? Because I think that's what Munkin wants to run. That's what we're going to find out. Correct. That's exactly that's what a, we're going to find that's out. That's exactly right. I'm not I, – I, I think – and I've said this. People that watch the show a lot, I apologize if it feels like I'm repeating myself. But I – I feel like so much of the Lamar Jackson conversation is still polluted by the fact that the conversation around him was so toxic when he came into the league and so just objectively, not just tinged with race, but some of it was just racist and stupid, that I think folks then at times have kind of overcorrected Over, no question to where it. they are afraid to say what I think is an obvious and fair criticism, which is you wish he would have developed more on the layups in the passing game. That you that for a guy that they have now invested 50-plus million in, mm-hmm. they have now given him the weapons, you, you would feel better about it if you were more confident that he would be you know, 90% on the easy throws like the other great quarterbacks are. Now, he more than makes up for a lot of it with his legs. Mm -hmm. We all understand that. But there are people, I think, because so many of the original critics of Lamar were just jackasses about it and wrong, people have been almost tepid in any criticism. I, I, as a Chiefs fan, the Ravens are the team that scares me the most. You, you've said this because they are the only team that I think in the AFC, if the Chiefs play their A game, they might the Chiefs might lose because the Ravens A game is so unique because if Lamar is hitting in the passing game, mm-hmm. that plus the running dynamic makes them truly unguardable. And you saw that throughout his MVP season and you have then seen it hit and miss, you know, since then. I'm really fascinated by them, Wilds, because now it is, the pendulum has now swung in the direction of, we've paid you, we've gotten rid of Greg Roman, which you clearly, you know, Lamar was respectful to Greg, but said, you know, wanted to move on. They overpaid for Odell. They spent another premium pick on a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. He's got to be awesome. Like, yeah. the, the expectations, fair expectations for Lamar are to be one of the six best quarterbacks in the league this year. And I think he could be, but I'm not confident. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I, like you said, we'll see. That's kind of how I feel about it. So, Greg, it. I know this is a little statistical, and I'll just go put you on the spot. Last year, yards per game, and again, he wasn't healthy. He threw for 186 yards per game. So, it was sandwiched between Zach Wilson at 187, Kenny Pickett at 185. Two years ago, 
He had 240 per game between Jimmy G and Ben Roethlisberger. Who do you think his comps are if we've got a new offensive coordinator, we're going to air it out more, who do you think his numbers are around this year? I think he's closer to the latter, and I think he's closer to what we saw Jalen Hurts do last year. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because those numbers that you mentioned last year, who was he throwing the ball to? Correct. Like, now also, we he didn't want to throw the ball. Now, basically what they're saying is, Lamar, we're going to put the pieces around you. We've paid you. Go make it work. We're going to do it the way that you want to do it. We know how you can get it done. Don't change that. Be like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and allow him to be what makes him special. Don't take that away. But if this guy is saying, I want to throw the ball more, I want to throw the ball more. Well, eventually you're going to have to see, can he throw the ball I, more and be accurate and hit the, hit the plays that are layups. The layups. Those are the, are thing. the things that when I, my biggest knock on – on Lamar Jackson, and I put myself in that situation personally. If I was still playing in this game a couple years ago, I would not want to go and play with Lamar Jackson. I said that. I, I hold firm to that. And moving forward, every year I've seen him improve. I've seen him make a conscious effort to get better in the passing game. This is a year where they've gone out and they've brought in a coordinator that is going to support you getting better in the passing game, and they've showed it by drafting a guy, bringing in OBJ, receiver that obviously wanted to be there with him because he signed, and so there's no more excuses for him but that's, that's the And to be clear, it's weird because Lamar, if you were to take Lamar's 10 best throws of the year, they match up against any quarterback in the league. His Lamar, Lamar's best is elite. I'm saying not the running game. Absolutely. It is it would be if you took the other best quarterbacks in the league or the highest paid and said show me their 20 worst throws. Lamar's would stick out. That's the part that you that needs to get cleaned up. And if you're a Ravens fan, I'll be quick here, you maybe wish they had spent the money on the receivers and brought in the new coordinator a year ago. They fit them doing it now mm-hmm. after they've paid him. It's like, hey, now you prove it, but we're tied to you for the next four years no matter what. Seems a little out of order. But they, like I said, they're a terrifying team. I mean, they damn near beat the Bengals with Huntley at quarterback. They're yeah. a terrifying team even without Lamar. Open up the season against the Texans at home and go on the road against Cincinnati and then Oh, no. This well, is no way to send us on vacation, Wilds. This is kind of a joke. It's we not just a like joke. To end uh, this show with like a little joke. No, well, it's not we did, a joke. We did the beer thing yesterday. <laughs> you know, we're off next week, so it's a good opportunity for you to load up on some classic episodes. Yeah, that's true. Just some classics. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know what? I thought March 12th is just great. Oh, it's a random a- one, but it's great. Am Bold I on it. any of those episodes? Oh, you're, you're on, on March 12th. Let's go. Yeah, download that. Yeah. Download that. Uh, available mm-hmm. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Always keep your eyes open for malware. Uh, let's check in on DeAndre Hopkins' Instagram, where DeAndre congratulated Chris Jones beneath a picture of him at the ESPYs. Oh. We'll see these two hook up again on December 18th. Hold on. Chiefs Hold on. You're Foxborough. leaving something out. So DeAndre gives him the prey hands. Yeah. And then what did Chris Jones put out there? Thumbs up. No, well, no, no, that's no, fingers no, crossed. Oh, I can't handshake. And then handshake. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, now, oh, are you really finding this out in real time? Well, that's a very small emoji. You thought it was thumbs up? That would be different. No, it's, that's like, look. It's Chris Jones 
with yeah. his fingers crossed like you're, like and I, then shaking hands. Like, oh, I promise you're going to be a chief. Just kidding. No, no, not that type <laughs> Those of fingers ones. crossed. How does now that your finances are out? I didn't know that. I, I thought really? that I thought that was uh, <laughs> I, look, that actually gives me more confidence. Why? Because he knows it's it's not like a foregone conclusion. Well, yeah. Greg, I just need this to happen while we're on vacation. <laughs> I, I really do. We've got plenty of money. We've got the biggest need. It's the biggest opportunity for DeAndre Hopkins to come and resurrect a dynasty. I just need it to happen. Okay. And I would prefer if it happened when we're back. So if I, it's going to drag on. out. But we I, really need to happen. With Honestly, one like, minute, enough. I'm sorry, Greg. I no, have no, no, go one minute it. before vacation. <laughs> I am now reminded of maybe the first time Kevin Wilds ever called me. Because Wilds and I, I don't know if you can tell, we're just colleagues. Like, there's no personal relationship here. Clearly. We were on vacation, and you called me cackling because the Patriots had signed Cam Newton. Oh, I was happy with that. And you were so happy. (laughs) And What's you were that about? Sticking it to me, and you were <laughs> like, "Oh, we got him." You didn't have anyone. Everyone, lo- everyone knows I loved Cam. Yep. And he was like, "We got him." And I was, I was, I can see where I was uh, on the beach, angry. And now I'm gonna get to do it back to you when in you, these next six days, I'll be, when <laughs> the Chiefs sign Nuke, that would completely I would ruin twice. your <laughs> vacation. You gotta give Mac Jones some targets. <laughs> some targets. Goodness gracious, we're off till next Monday. DeAndre, help me out. Speak is up next.